I'm going to do a little vocal exercise. No one's ever got it. So if you know the words, you can you can chime in with me, okay? I'm just going to do a vocal exercise. But if you know what I'm ta- what I'm talking about, you come in and join me. Is that is that a cool? Sure. Okay. I was dreaming when I wrote this. Forgive me if it goes astray, but when I woke up this morning, I could have sworn it was judgment day. Sky was all purple. There are people running everywhere. What's the next line? Oh my god. I have no idea. <laughs> Prince 1999 trying to run from the destruction. You know I didn't even care. Oh my god. Oh boy. Okay, that's it. I think I'm the only Prince fan on this planet. All right. So, now I'm going to do your intro. Okay? So, you can be quiet or not quiet, whatever you want. I'm trying a new format. So, you know, whatever you want. Here we go. In 3, 2, 1. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, my first season. My name's Greg. Ooh, we got a special guest today. I first met this lady in Club Ed Paradise Island in the 2002-2003 season. She was the resort photographer. Very special lady, very funny. You all know her. She's probably like Cher, because you know her by one name, okay? <laughs> She's originally from New York. Now, lucky, lucky, Hi. lucky lady living in Mexico. Please give it up for Miss Paula. Hey, how are you? Hi, everybody. Hi, Greg. All right. So good to hear your voice after all these years. Great to hear yours, too. And you're in Mexico. Gosh. Um, I'm so so, so this winter, uh, or this coming uh, winter, fall, you're not going to see snow, I'm guessing, right? No. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Good. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> You're keeping the spirit alive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll, beach tropical life alive. If we have time at the end. We'll talk about why you're in Mexico. If that's okay. Okay. Sure. Right. I'd like to know yeah, your origin story, basically. So you know how it works here. I mean, we all know you. You know, we all worked with you in Club Ed. But I like to you take me back to like where where you were living, what you were doing, how'd you find out about Club Med, and how how did you get to like have your first season in Copper Mountain in, in 1995 as an au pair Bargio? I mean, I want I want to hear that. But how? What were you doing before that? You know. Okay. Well, actually, it's a really good story. I was dating this guy in New York. We'd been together about five years and he couldn't go on vacation. I could. And one of his best friends said, hey, why don't we go to Copper Mountain and go skiing? It's Club Med. And I Okay, okay, wait, I got to back you up. Were you working, going to school? What were you doing? Oh, okay. I was director of marketing and sales for a private MRI and nuclear medicine facility in New York City. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not what I was expecting. Okay. I know. Everybody knows like crazy Paula, like how could she have such a normal real job? But yes. in my past life before Club Med, yes, I was a complete professional in New York City working like the nine to five life. Not necessarily happy doing that, but I was doing that. Okay, great. All right. Got it. So my, so this girl, Jackie, who was a friend of my boyfriend, said, you want to go on vacation at Copper Mountain? And I was like, sure, let's go skiing. And I didn't realize that there were Club Med like winter villages. I had only heard of Club Med summer villages. She's like, oh, no, it's the same. It's like Club Med, but it's winter and it's really fun. You'll see. So I'd never been to a Club Med before. So I go with Jackie. We get wait, there. Wait, wait, did you know how to ski? Um, Yeah, I knew how to ski. I wasn't like okay. a great skier, but, but I knew how to ski. Okay. So we decided to go take this trip and mind you, I had a boyfriend, so I wasn't going there to be a bad girl or anything. And <laughs> I just go ski and hang out, but I had been to camp my whole life. I had gone to sleepaway camp right away. I was like, Oh my God, this is like camp. This is amazing. Like I'd never been on a vacation where like the people that work there are so friendly and sweet and kind and wonderful. And all the rest of the guests were amazing too. Like I was just having the time of my life and I'm in the disco, like my last night there. And Carlos Castro was the chief of the village, such a sweet guy. And I'm in the disco and I'm like buzzed from drinking, having a great time dancing with everybody. And I have a drink in my hand and Carlos comes over to me and he's like, uh, excuse me, Paula, do you think you could be in my office at 11, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning? 
And I'm like, sure. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm on vacation. Am I in trouble? Yeah. You know, why does he want to see me in his office? So anyway, the next morning I wake up, I, I went to the bar to get a Bloody, Bloody Mary first. And I'm like literally walking into his office with a, with a drink in my hand because I was on vacation. And I sit down. I'm like, hey, you wanted to see me? And he's like, yeah, sit down. I sit down. And he says, so I want to know what it would take to get you to be a part of the GEO team. I'm like, what? You want me to work here? Like, this is so fun. Are you kidding? How much do they make? And when he told me, I pretty much started laughing because I was like, oh, God, that won't even pay like my phone bill. York. So <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. There's no way that I can come quit my job. Although it seems really fun. I can't do this. So he said, okay, listen, we have something called au pair. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think I want to take care of kids. And he's like, no, no, no. It's a French company. And we mean, it means like you come part-time, you come for free and you work for free. I was like, oh, wow. I get a lot of vacation time with my job. Cause I was in outside sales and they would give me, when I would run seminars at night for doctors, they would like, let me make up my hours and time off. So I was like, okay, great. Yeah. I could probably take some time off in like a month. He's like, what do you know how to do? Like you see all the geos here. Is there anything you can do? I was like, well, I used to bartend in college. I could probably bartend. And he's like, that would be awesome. Okay. This is in the days of faxing. There was no like cell phones yet. Okay. And he's wait, like, can, okay. I, can I ask a question? So sure. where, when and where did you become or learn to become a beverage concoctionist? Fancy word in for college. bartender. Okay. <laughs> did you learn or you just, they threw you in there and because you knew how to make a rum and coke oh, or you actually took a course and. Yeah, no, they threw me in there like working. It was, you know, a typical college bar. So it was really mostly pouring beers and, and shots and stuff like that. Okay. So honestly, just throughout my years of living in New York City and ordering drinks, I pretty much knew how to make most drinks. And he just was like, that's a perfect job for you. I'm very outgoing. So he, I think he wanted me someplace where I'd be like social with people. And he said, you know, sure, if you can bartend, that'd be awesome. So I think who was my chief? The chief of the bar was Paulito, who's now Circus Geo. So, or used to be Circus Geo. But anyway, he was my chief of bar, great guy, kind of throws me in. And um, I just, you know, pretty much learned to make drinks there, what I didn't know how to make. And I just had like the absolute time of my life. I ended up coming back. I texted, I know I didn't text him. I actually sent him a fax because that's what you did back then. And I said, I think I have like next week off. I can come for like two weeks. And he's like, okay, come, you'll bartend. Well, I ended up having the time of my life. Like I had so much fun, got to ski all day, worked all night. And that's when everybody's having fun and partying, just got to be friends with the whole team. And everybody was amazing. I loved everyone. And it was just like, literally, it was like camp for adults. And I had the greatest time. So I subsequently ended up pairing, I think like two or three more times that season, because I would get a lot of time off of work. And within that time, all the chiefs of the villages from all the summer villages would come for like their winter vacation to come skiing. So I got to know them and they would see me at the bar. And this is before there were, um, this is before it was all inclusive. So it was a money-making service and they would come and they'd be like, Oh my God, look at this New Yorker. Like she's making us a ton of money at the bar. We want you to come work in our village. So I'd be like, sure. You mean I can come to Cancun? So I think I met Kevin bad. I had met hammer. I'd met a bunch of the people and they were all like, Oh, whenever you get some free time, why don't you come to my village? So subsequently, within the next five years, I think from like 95, four years, from 95 to 99, I au paired 15 times in all different villages. Like I had been to Cancun, I had been to Turks, I had been to, um, I think, where else? Cancun, I'm trying to think where else, Sonora, just a bunch of beautiful villages where I had gone to work. And then always going back to my job in New York, thinking, this is great, I love it, but I guess it's always gonna be like a part-time thing. Until the summer of 99, 
I was au pair in Sonora, Mexico, and Lafice was the chief of the village. And the chief of the bar at the time was quitting while I was there on vacation, while I was there au pair vacation working. And Lafice took me aside and he said, listen, the chief of the bar is leaving. I would love it if you could come and work, take her contract. And I was like, oh God, I, I can't do that. I have a job in New York. I have an apartment in New York. And he looked at me and he goes, Paul, you have been in Club Med more than you've been in New York. You know, you love it. You know, it's something you want to do. Listen, I will hold the contract for you for two weeks. If you say yes, you go home, you're going home tomorrow anyway. I'll give you two days to think about it. If you say yes, I can hold the contract for you for two weeks. And if you say no, I'll just get somebody else and that'll be it. Okay, so I go home and it just so happened it was the weekend that John F. Kennedy Jr.'s plane went down. And I'll get, you know, as a New Yorker, we're all crying. Oh, poor JFK. And my mother looks at me and she says, you know, at least he died doing something he loved. And right when she said that, something in me clicked. And I said to her, I'm going to quit my job in New York. I'm going to sublet my apartment and I'm going to work for Club Med. She said, you know what? We love you. We support you. And We'll take care of your renter, whatever it is you have to do here, and we'll help you out and go run free, young bird, you know? And I was like, this is awesome. And I literally submit, sublet my apartment within two weeks and I went back down. I moved to Mexico. I broke up with the boyfriend, by the way, wasn't meant to be. And I just said, listen, I'm leaving. And he's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm moving to Mexico. So that was really what you call a breakup. And uh, I went and moved to Mexico. And so that was my first official season as an official GO. I was assistant chief of bar in, in Sonora, Mexico. And I had the time of my life. And I subsequently ended up working for Club Med for 14 years. So you never really got the official interview then? Like, never. Okay. And when, when did you start working in Sonora Bay? In 99. 99. Okay. Got it. Wow. That's uh, okay. All right. We got a lot to digest here. So. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a good story, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you know, there was a few, a a few that I know of, yes, that went on vacation and then were recruited by the, uh, by the chief. So yeah, you're definitely one of them. Now you joined that club. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any culture shock whatsoever when you got to copper anyway or or no because it was mostly north, north americans right i'm i'm assuming that went to yes, copper yes most north americans well we had a lot of brazilians i remember which i loved and i've always been into like other cultures and people from other countries and other languages so for me that was like the great part honestly i was kind of sick of you know new york and everybody being the same and just the same group of friends and i really kind of looked forward to meeting people from all over the world. And that was the most fun part for me. So it really wasn't a culture shock at all. I've always been into meeting people from other places. Being at the bar, did you ever want to, even when you were all pairing in copper, did you want to change the job that you were doing or you were happy at the bar? I was totally happy at the bar in copper. I loved working bar. It was so great. When I did subsequently go to other villages, I think my next season after Sonora was in Paradise Island when it was, uh, no, sorry, not Paradise Island. It was in um, Punta Cana. And it was in, I think, 2000, right when they had done the renovation. And I started out as assistant chief of bar, but then I ended up in that village. I ended up staying 
I think a year and a half. So I stayed there for three seasons. And within those three seasons, I started out as assistant chief of bar. Then the, the next season I quit the bar and I went to go work water ski. I was a water ski geo. That was a blast. Then after that, I actually worked in excursions. I was assistant chief of excursions. And that was a blast because I got to see all of the DR. And it was while I was in the Dominican Republic that I met Tom, who was the owner of the photo company there. And he had the contract in a couple of the other villages. And I had told him photography was my hobby. And he said, oh, man, I would love to have like a geo personality that knows how to take pictures. And I said, I would love to do that. And so then I stayed in Punta Cana for another season working for him. And so even though I wasn't a geo anymore, I was still in the club med life, still doing the same thing. And then Tom had sent me to Paradise Island to run the photo business for him. So then I ended up being in Paradise Island for three and a half years doing that. Where we met. Exactly. Okay, wow. That's where cool. I got to take pictures of your gorgeous little face. <laughs> no, I, not, not, not my face. My, my girlfriend at the time, you took very, very beautiful pictures of her, which I have a lot of. Yes. <laughs> awesome. She you is beautiful. <laughs> yes, you captured her perfectly. <laughs> All right. So let's, um, okay. So being uh, relatively new to Club Med when you're a copper, give me like the fish out of water or some funny experience story, clean and appropriate <laughs> that happened to you. Oh, Did anything if you know me, you know I have nothing clean and appropriate. <laughs> okay. All right. It's going to be a short <laughs> podcast, everyone. No, okay. I know. I, know. <laughs> get, I must... mean, honestly, it okay. really was not a culture shock for me. It was okay. like, it I, does, I, it does, as I said, the camp, I fit right in. It doesn't have to be from your first season. You've had no funny stories from any of your seasons? Like, oh my God. I have, I totally have funny stories. Okay. Like, hit me. Hit me. I don't know if I can think of more of my funny stories are probably like funny questions asked by GMs. Oh, no, we, we're going to get to those. But do you have oh, a, do you have like those. an incident that happened to you on an excursion? Like any, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be oh, funny, my. funny, funny, the better. But it doesn't have to be funny. It could be tragic. Could be a, a horror show. I like horror show okay, stories. Definitely too, not. But... OK, I'll just be like a funny. How about a typical bar geo story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so in Cancun, I was working Cancun, and this is when Cancun was still was an adult village only, so no kids. And it was a total party village, and and I was Bargio. So of course, remember the days of the picnics? Remember those? Which which year are we talking now in Cancun? Oh God, this might have been I want to say maybe ninety seven or ninety nine, okay. possibly right. somewhere in the late nineties. And, um, you know, we do the typical picnic thing and we get everybody really drunk on the on the excursion. Everybody's having a blast. So much fun. And of course, you know, you're coming back and everybody we're partying and it's great. And of course, me being the crazy person wanting everybody to continue partying. I said to everyone, you know what, everybody, when we get back, let's everybody. Now, this is like 65 people on the boat. Let's everybody at the same time all just jump in the pool together screaming. So they actually did it. And so if you saw 65 people get off the boat and all of us together run into the pool screaming, like, cause we were all drunk. Everybody else is like relaxing. Well, let's just say it was wild, but I had it and said, uh, Paula, do me a favor. When you're done with the picnic, please don't ask the whole entire boatload of people to jump in the pool while people are re relaxing. And I just remember like, <laughs> wow, Cancun's changed. a little bit of trouble, okay. but I have to tell you that it, everybody said it was the best picnic they ever went on and the most fun that they had when they got back to the village. Hey, I, used to, I used to do that. We used to do cannonball contests after the picnic. Are you sure this, yeah, was, can no, this, this, this was Cancun? It sounds like a family village. Yeah, Where no. you? Oh, okay. Said, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't tell them jump in clothing optional. You didn't say that, right? So, no, uh -uh. Oh, okay. Okay. I, okay. I was pretty no, okay. I was just like, let's all go in screaming. You know, I'm from New York, we're all loud. Let's go in the pool screaming. And I seriously, like 65 people just like took over and jumped in the pool altogether. Like oh. just crazy. 
so being from New York and we, you know, Club Med has a lot of New York charters. Did they ever, was there ever a village where they made you the de facto uh, New York uh, concierge or whatever, you know, like, Hey, you got a problem. Well, go to Paula I, or... Yeah. Honestly, the, the, I can think of in paradise Island. I was kind of like the concierge of like the New York Jewish people in the holidays. Cause we really didn't have that many geos that were Jewish, but a lot of our guests were Jewish from New York. So when it came to the holidays, like Yom Kippur and like Passover, I remember they would always say, Paula, do you have any good recipes for like potato pancakes? And I would like call my mom and be like, mom, you have to give me the potato pancake recipe. The chef wants to make it. And I remember the chef would make like a thousand potato pancakes. And then me, and I'm not religious at all, but be the fact that I was Jewish. I remember I would like run all the prayers. I think Jason Smith and I would run the prayers in Punta Cana. It was so much fun and everybody was really into it. And I would call my mother and be like, you'd be so proud of me. You're so not religious daughter. Just like ran the, the Seder. <laughs> she would crack up. So it was really fun. So yeah, I was kind of, in, I was kind of like in charge of all the New York Jewish people. Wait, Jason Smith. Yes. Okay. You know Jason. Oh no, I, I did. I, I've heard the name before. Yeah. What, what, he, what service did he work in? From, he was, oh God, I think, I think mini club. He's going to kill me if I got that wrong. Oh, okay. I think he, I think maybe mini club. I okay. want to say, I'm not really sure though. I don't remember. Okay. No, I definitely know the name. Uh, it does ring a bell. Yeah. Super sweet. Cool guy. Now, did you, uh, being in bar and all that, you, and well, you probably didn't have to do a lot of shows, but I guess at one point you got, you got asked to do them, right? So. Yes. That's you, you funny. Have, did you like them? <laughs> I love the shows, but I was the worst dancer ever. Like really? in yeah. Oh my God. The worst. I have no rhythm. Like in college, people would call me grace as like a joke. Cause I have no grace whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I'm the biggest klutz ever. So this is actually a really funny story. I'm in Punta Cana and Monica Denise, who was one of my best friends was the choreographer. And um, this is when I was a geo. I wasn't photographer yet. So I was an actual geo and I had to be in the shows because I wasn't at the bar anymore. I think I was water. I was either water ski or excursion. And she's like, okay, you have to be in the show. And I was like, oh, Monica, I don't want to be in the show. You know, I'm the worst dancer. And she's so cute. Oh, Paulina, please be in the show. Um, you're fun. Come on. It'll be great. I said, what show? She's like, Ritmo Latino. I'm like, Monica, I ain't got no Ritmo and I ain't Latina. Like, this is not going to be good. She's like, just be in it, be in it. So, okay. So I'm in the show and Moise was our chief of village who I love, probably like my favorite chief of village ever. I love you, Moise, if you're listening to this. Anyway, he knew that I was the worst dancer and he would be like on the sideline on the side of the show while we would be doing this song called Mi Tierra, where I had to like twirl and have rhythm. And I was the worst, I'm telling you. And I would like twirl and go toward the stage and he would whisper to me, like where nobody else can see him. He would whisper, you suck. Like, funny like I and I would like twirl back over to like the other side just like the worst person in the whole entire show but I had so much fun and it was great and you know when your friend asks you to be in the show you don't say no so I also was in I was in the Boogie Wonder Band for 50th 50th anniversary of Club Med that was a blast as well so oh, much fun you like you like that I loved it <laughs> you want to hear the funniest thing Monica says to me okay Paula you're going to be in the show I was like oh that's so nice you want me to be in the show like only two girls were picked to be in the show like as the lead singers I was like oh, is that because like because I was a theater major because I have so good on stage she's like in her cute little Brazilian voice no Paulinha because you're old enough to know all the words to the songs I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you something about that show. Uh, I had to do that show for a year in Australia, but I quickly ascertained that I'd rather be in it than having to have the energy of a maniac once a week on the dance floor for a year. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, 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 put, I put myself as a drummer so I'd have something to do. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. <laughs> 
get to sit and like hear all the great music in the background. <laughs> yeah, because because by 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 month nine or ten, I could just see the dead eyes staring back at me of my sports geos, you know, like oh, clap clapping right. but like, not there, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, oh, but remember up, remember set up and clean up for that was the worst. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was a lot, but it was fun. It was great. I, I love the Boogie Wonder band and everybody that was in it with me. We just had a blast every week. So it seems like you were always an extrovert. Like that's how I, I picture you. So uh, meeting people, being at the dinner table with people was never a problem for you, right? Never a problem. It's usually a problem getting me to shut up, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you recall your first Bastille Day in Club Med? And did you know what the heck was going on? Because yes. At one point in July, you're, you're in the summer village and then they're, all the French are doing this thing. Did you know what they were doing or did anyone tell you? I at the, at the exact time, I didn't know. But then, of course, you know, right before it's happening, I asked them, what's Bastille Day? And they all told me, you know, we're going to like flower bomb you and do all this stuff. So I was like, oh, this is fun. I just thought it was great. Everybody dresses up and then you get flowers thrown at you. It was awesome. The only thing I didn't like once I was photographer, I'm lucky I knew to step away once they started doing the flower bomb because I didn't want to get any of that like powdery flower in my camera equipment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> You, you mentioned before, uh, yeah, dumb, dumb questions. So I, I like dumb questions. You have a, you have some favorites that were asked of you during your time in uh, Clement? Oh my God. I could write a book. Uh, these, I, most of my friends know these, but it was when I was photographer. The, probably my favorite one is when I was in Punta and, you know, there's a lot of coral reef out in the water. So the water looks all different colors. It's like, you know, goes from light blue to green to dark blue. And it's really beautiful, but it's because of the coral reef. Well, this is when we were still film. We weren't digital yet. And I had a guest. I'm just standing at the beach and I had a guest. And I hate to say it was a guest from New York, but OK, it was one of my people. They literally stopped me and they're like, hey, Paula, do you by any chance save those black canisters, you know, from the film? I'm like, sure. Yeah. What do you need them for? Oh, well, I want to go out and collect the different colors of water. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, like, no way. Oh, Are I you serious? Oh, my God. I've never I'm, heard that one before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I looked at him and I go, oh, like, oh, poor thing. I'm thinking in my head. I go, do you know what color the water is going to look like when you put it in the black canister? It's going to look it's going to look black because water's clear <laughs> and it takes on the color of like, you know, from the sky to the whatever's on the bottom. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. And I was like, mm, can't disagree with you. But I didn't say that, obviously. But that's what I was thinking. So that was a pretty that was a pretty dumb question. And the other one I had also in Punta Cana, and I hate to say another New Yorker. I'm literally with my camera equipment in the water, just taking pictures of the kids on the beach. And my feet are like in, you know, maybe I'm up to my ankles in the water. And I have a New York guy comes up to me and he says, oh, Paula, by the way, do you know what the altitude level is here? And as I'm like standing in, in the sea <laughs> and I look and I'm like, uh, the level, you know, like maybe like an inch below because my ankles in the water. <laughs> like, seriously, he asked me what altitude level we were while we were standing in the ocean. Oh, I, I, I believe that I never got asked <laughs> it, but I believe that because when you're asked what's what temperature is the ocean and what temperature is the pool, then that, that yeah. would be the next logical. <laughs> yes. OK, you don't know that one. Then what, what altitude are we? <laughs> OK. <laughs> Exactly. I was like a sea level, like maybe an inch under. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But yeah, questions like that, you know, it was always hard to like answer them with a smile on your face and not make them feel stupid. But, you know, sometimes you'd walk away and be like, OK, I think that's probably where the saying vacation brain came from. Like, OK, they have vacation brain. They must have left their like thinking brain at home. <laughs> well, you must have been asked when when is it going to stop raining? 
you must have been asked. Uh, they the, they wanted a specific time when it was going to stop, right? Yes, and I would just say go ask at reception. I'm just oh, kidding. Reception. Well, Freddie Freddie had a, Freddie had a good one. He'd he'd say I'm Geo, not God. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Uh, of all your time in there, you must have come across some celebrities. Do you have any brush brush with celebrities? Any close encounters? Any, um, you remember anyone? Yeah. Yes, we had Mikhail Baryshnikov in Punta Cana. That was pretty cool. Really? You're kidding? Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Wow. And um, I just remember Monica. Did, you do, the, did you do the GM oh, show? Just kidding. I, I wish. I know Monica, <laughs> the choreographer, would have been like so happy to have him be in a show, but she was really happy that he was there. That was very cool for her because she's a dancer. But um, who else? Um, what's his name? Tony... Oh God, I, he was a basketball player. He came to Paradise oh, Island. Tony, Par- Tony Parker. Yeah, Tony Parker. Honestly, yeah. wasn't wasn't that friendly. Was not that nice. Really? I don't think. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wasn't really nice. Like people wanted pictures with him and, and being the photographer. You know, some of the GMs would like beg me, like, "Oh, if you see Tony, can you ask for a? Can I get a picture with him?" And I'd be like, "Sure, you know, let me ask him." And he wasn't he wasn't really that warm to that idea of like just taking pictures hmm. mm, he, was, he wasn't really the nicest did you get to meet him when you when we were no, there no I think it was just after I left I believe yeah he wasn't he wasn't that nice I mean and then of course I felt bad because he came with his girlfriend at the time her name was Lolo and she was adorable this like really nice French girl that he was dating supposedly like his whole life and then like he then he broke up with her to like marry Eva Longoria and like I used to keep in touch with her and I just remember she was like devastated but anyway so that's why I don't really have a good you know, idea of him because he hurt his girlfriend that he was there with and he just wasn't that nice to the GMs. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody famous is going to be nice. No, they say don't meet your heroes, right? <laughs> right. Oh, but I'm trying to think who else. I think Tony Parker, Mikhail Baryshnikov, and I think that's it. I think, oh no, oh my goodness, how could I forget this? Hello in Sandpiper. President Carter and his wife, President Carter and his wife were there doing something for Habitat for Humanity, and they rented bicycles there. And I was it was right near where my photo center was. And I remember the person who was renting the bikes wasn't there. So I actually helped out and rented the bikes to him. And they were very nice. And it was him and the Secret Service people. Like, even though he wasn't president anymore, the Secret Service had to ride bicycles with him and the missus. It was really cute. But then they came back and returned their bikes. And then him and I forgot her name. Oh God, what's the what's the President Carter's wife's name? Roxanne. Roslyn. Roslyn. Thank, thank you very much, Roslyn Carter. The two of them like walked away holding hands the whole entire time. Very precious. Wow, that is. Cute. Yeah, they were really cute. Like they, you could see <laughs> that they were like in love, and that that was really cool. What, do you remember what year this was in Sandpiper? Um, yes, I want to say two thousand, the end of two thousand and eight, okay. or the beginning of two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. It was right at the end of my end of my club med life. Sandpiper was your last one? Yes. Okay. You, you mentioned a few names already, but are there any other, could be just regular GOs or chiefs of service that stood out to you in a positive way? Because I, I know you mentioned La, Lafice and Carlos Castro. And yes. Anyone I mean, else that you would- Yes. I mean, my favorite who knows he's my fave is Moise Akinat. I love him. Half Moroccan, half French. Loved him. He was my chief of village in Punta Cana and Loved him so much. Like he became like a brother to me. And um, I mean, obviously like Hammer and Handel and then Kevin and, you know, like the whole gang and oh God, who uh, Eric Peters, one of my besties, love him to death, probably best food ever, whatever village he was cooking in, whichever one he was the, you know, chief of head of cuisine. I mean, as well, right? Who? Eric's from New York as well, right? Yes. Eric's from New York. 
I have a really good Eric story if you want to hear it. You don't have yeah, to, but yeah, yeah, no, no, as long as it's appropriate, no problem. <laughs> yeah, it's totally appropriate. <laughs> okay. It's really he's gonna probably kill me. He's gonna kill me for telling the story. But okay, so I'm in I'm in Sonora, and it was like my first season as like a real geo, and uh, I hadn't met everybody everybody yet, and I'm at the bar working, and all the chiefs of the service there happened to have been French. And then, so then they would come to the bar every morning, you know, to have their espresso, whatever, to have their drinks in the afternoon. And Eric was always with them. And I just saw his name on his thing said, Eric, you know, he always had his chef hat on. I knew he was the chef, but never got formally introduced to him. And he's kept ordering his drink with like an accent. He'd be like, ah, pola, coca, coca, like a JB and Coke. But he would say it like that. Like, and so I thought he was French. So then I don't know. I mean, honestly, I thought he was really cute, too. So I asked somebody like, who's that guy with the ponytail? Like he's that chef. And they were like, oh, that's Eric Peters. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a French name. And they were like, no, he's from New York. And I was like, wait a minute. He's a New Yorker. And they were like, yeah. And then somebody even said, oh, yeah, he's like a nice Jewish New Yorker, just like you. And I was like, what? What's with the French accent? So as soon as I find that out, as soon as I find that out, the next morning he comes to the bar with the rest of the people and he's like, or I don't want to say morning because it was the afternoon because he was drinking. And uh, he orders up, and I look at him and I go, you mean a JB and Coke? And he's like, uh, yeah, with a New York accent. I go, what's with the fake French accent? You're like a Jew from New York. What's your issues? <laughs> and he just started cracking up. And ever since then, we were best friends. Like he just, I called him out on it. He's like, oh, well, you know, because I'm just always hanging out with French people and I'm always talk, speaking French. And I was like, all right, well, you're at the bar now with a New Yorker. Just order your, your JB and Coke, like a normal JB and Coke. No, <laughs> none of this JB and Coca. I was like totally cracking up. And there were a bunch of people around. It was just really funny. And honestly, ever since then, we've been best friends. Like to this day, he's I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I thought he was French when I first met him. It was really funny. <laughs> and now thinking back, how did you were thinking, how did I ever think he was French, right? <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, but to this day, I mean, he obviously speaks very good French. I mean, he speaks yeah. like, I don't know, like five languages. Like, God bless him. I, I speak like one and a half. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just really funny that I thought he was French. And, you know, now I'm just like, he's my homeboy from New York. You, has it ever happened nowadays? Uh, I like to ask this question. Do you ever have the same recurring dream where you're back working at Club Med? Do you get these dreams or not at all? Um, I honestly really don't. I've never, I don't even wow. had a club med dream. I know that sounds oh, really? weird. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'd like them to stop, but they don't. So, okay. So you just, <laughs> you don't have them at all. Okay. <laughs> no, I never, I never did. Honestly, I know it sounds weird, but I don't really remember my dreams much. Were you a crazy sign person? Do you have a well, top? when I was bar geo, no, because I no. never, I was always working, but then once I was sports geo, oh yeah. When I was when I was sports geo, I loved crazy signs, probably because of all the years I was working in the bar. I didn't really get to do crazy signs. So I was one of those, like, I don't know. I was already like what sixth season and people were like, what's with you loving to do crazy signs. I'm like, I love it. Like I used to work at the bar. So I really always liked it. It was fun for me. Yep. You have a top three. Muy hello. Yes. Probably like my number one. I love Jessica. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Oh God. And this other one, I forgot the name of it. I, Moise always did it. It was like with a car. It was almost like you were driving and you heard like, vroom, vroom, like Schum Schum Schumacher. Is that what I think? Yes. I think that it? was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really fun too. That was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's called? Schumacher? I believe that's, I, I know we, we never really know the official name. Like we make up our own names in club Ed, but that's what right. we called it in, in club Ed. you know? I just yeah. realized that most of these songs we dance to have videos. So after, when I stopped Club Med, I'd go on YouTube and I go, there's a video for this? Oh my God. I know, and right? I start so sending funny. it around, you know. 
<laughs> I know. But Muevalo is definitely my favorite. Like, I love that dance to this. I don't really remember this dance, but to this day, even if like I'm outside of my own house, like with guests, I, yeah. if that song comes on the radio, I start doing like the Muevalo crazy sign. Yeah, that, that, think that, nuts. that was my next question. <laughs> if you ever hear a song from Club Med, do you just automatically get in back into the zone? And <laughs> Yes, definitely. Okay. I do the dance completely wrong, but I definitely get up and dance for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the seasons you have done, would you consider your first one or any of, or any of them magical in a way or that, or you like them all the same, but for different reasons? Was there yeah, any one special th- that stood out? I mean, they're all special, honestly, because you know, it's the places are beautiful. The people are amazing. So like in each village, just the team was more wonderful than the next, you know, it's just like every team was great. Every village was beautiful. And yeah, I love them all for different reasons. I mean, I definitely have some that are that I want to say, like, are just favorites for certain reasons. Like Sonora was just, I mean, that was one of the best, probably also just the view is probably one of the sickest, most beautiful views I've ever seen. Like no, I just love that the desert and the mountains meeting the sea. There's something gorgeous about that for me. Maybe being from a city, it's like so opposite where I'm from that I love it so much. But I, I just always, I don't know, I have a special place in my heart for Sonora. Also for Paradise Island, because I was there three and a half years. So that's also another place in my heart. Love it. You mentioned Sonora. And uh, what do you know? Call, I'm speaking to you right now from Mexico, correct? Yes, I'm would in Mexico. You, would you like to tell everyone what you're doing now in Mexico? Sure. For those of you that don't know, I tried my best to continue my club med beachy paradise life. And my husband and I had a house built in Chuberna, Puerto, Yucatan, which is about 35 minutes from the capital city of Merida. We're on the we're uh, right on the beach and we opened we built our house here and we built two rental casitas so that we have an Airbnb and we can actually accommodate four guests, two couples each. And we have a beautiful beachy home with a pool and a rooftop terrace that overlooks the ocean. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's a normal Mexican fishing village. It's not touristy at all. So if anybody wants to come on vacation, we do give friends and family rate, obviously, for my ex-GOs. And uh, we would love to see you here. Come on down and visit. I've, I've kept up my lifestyle. I, I will add the uh, link to your episode description. So, oh, not to worry. so it's it's funny you mentioned uh, Merida. I, I work with someone at the university who's from there. <laughs> that's oh, that's a, wild. That's, that's amazing. World. <laughs> it's a great city. It really is. It has everything that you could need. It's like close enough. It's like 35 minutes away where if I need anything from like Costco or, you know, anything, the grocery store, it's great. But then I live in a little fishing village and literally my neighbors are fishing for octopus right now. All the little restaurants in my neighborhood you can walk to from my house, little sandy streets and best seafood you could ever get. Oh, and by by the way, the name of my house is Casa Preciosa. Translated means roughly precious house. Nice. <laughs> so, is it still? Is the saying? Is this a saying? And still? all my Mexican friends know. <laughs> so I was going to say, all my Mexican friends know. My, hi, Mexican geos, I love you. You all know that the reason why I called my house Casa Preciosa is because I call everyone Precioso or Preciosa. So, and that's what they started calling me. So, if you. If anybody here is from Mexico, you know, you all, you all call me Paula Preciosa because I use that word so much. So I figured I had to name my house that. So it's really not a surprise to many people. Okay. And so now working and living in Mexico, having done numerous uh, seasons in Mexico, I want you to finish this sentence. Okay. Okay. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila. Floor. Yes, you got it, babe. (laughs) 
Now, before I let you go, am I forgetting to ask you anything about your experience or is there something else you wanted to share? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to end this without, if I forgot something or if you, something you wanted to say, I, I didn't ask you. So are you, um, no, you asked me so many great questions, Greg. Okay, I really good. appreciate it. I feel bad. I didn't ask you anything. Oh, no, 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 only- I'm good. <laughs> But I would love to just put a shout out there to all my geos. You know, I love you all. Best part of my life ever. And I miss you and I love you. And come visit us at Casa Preciosa. Well, you heard it straight from Paula, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Paula. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking. I miss you, Greg. I miss you too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Paula. I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll see you all next week. Say bye, Paula. Bye, everybody. Take care. Adios. Bye.